Watch Podcast. I'm Aaron Berger, Nebraska Extension Beef Educator. For today's Beef Watch Podcast, we will be discussing an article titled Tips to Improve Cow Performance While Consuming Low-Quality Forages. To discuss this topic, I'm joined today by Dr. Travis Molnix, who's a Nebraska Extension Beef Cattle Nutritionist focused on range production systems. Thanks for joining me today, Dr. Molnix. Thanks for having me on, Aaron. Well, the weather across the state this year was certainly wetter than normal, and this has resulted in some challenges for us in terms of quality of forage. In many cases on pasture and range, we grew similar forage or more than we normally would, but in many cases also we were challenged to get hay put up in a timely way. This has resulted in some forages that are lower quality than we often would see as we look at the range that's out there now, and also as we think about hay that may be fed this winter. What are some things we need to pay attention to now as we move into the fall here and winter in terms of getting these cows what they need nutrition-wise to get the performance we need to have as we think about calving? Yeah, you're, you're right, Aaron. It's been, uh, I guess the last couple of years has been really challenging from um, the hay quality side, forage growth side, and just animal management for a lot of our producers. Um, been a really really wet year there's a lot of hay that wasn't put up and what was put up was was pretty low quality on on average uh and so for a lot of producers this is time that we need to look at uh what is our forage or hay quality situation uh so getting getting it tested is a priority and going from there is assess body conditions for and knowing those two things really helps in being strategic of what we supplement to have the best impact and decrease costs uh, moving through the winter and preparing those cows uh, for calving next spring. Highlight for us just the two main things we need to pay attention to from a forage analysis standpoint, protein and energy. What are kind of some key numbers we need to pay attention to there as we're trying to evaluate what we might need to help meet that cow's nutrient requirements? Yeah, the big one on protein is that seven uh, percent group protein. Anything less than that is really a low quality situation, uh, and they're going to need additional protein. So, protein is going to be the limiting factor in that situation. Where once we get below seven percent, we're we're limited for the rumen micro population, and they need additional protein to help break down and utilize that forage as energy. Uh, and so that's where we see the big impact of feeding a protein source once we hit that mark. If we're around the 9 to 10, 11, 12 percent for all of our mature cows, that that will meet their requirement uh, during late gestation. So we've got a higher quality situation. Maybe it's a mix of alfalfa, uh, grass, hay. You know, we're probably sitting pretty good for, uh, or could be sitting pretty good for quality-wise. And then on the TDN side, a lot of our hays are probably sitting somewhere around 52 to 55%. Uh, alfalfas could be a little higher than that. And so uh, we really got to look at where that protein value is, because so, more than likely it's going to be the lower of the two. When we look at some of these hays, and I think you've probably seen some as well, I've been a little surprised at how low the protein's been. In some cases, though, on some of these annual forages, the energy has been better than expected, you know, upper 50s from a total digestible nutrient standpoint and some in the 60s. Help us understand just the importance of also paying attention to the energy values on these hay 
especially if we are looking at maybe supplementing with some alfalfa hay that's on the lower end of that total digestible nutrients value, could we be in a situation where we might be ample on protein but actually short on energy? Yeah, we could because if you think about late gestation, is that uh, the energy requirements are increasing with that fetal growth. Uh, and so a lot of times we are can get in situations where we're short on energy. This is especially the case is if our cows are, are a little thinner than average. And so feeding a, uh, a alfalfa hay that could be pretty decent in protein and lower on the energy side in that, in that mid, mid to low 50s range, we could be offsetting or have to offset that energy with sparing some body weight uh, or some of that reserve off that cow. And that's a situation we don't want to get into, especially with if we have a really wet and cold winter because uh, we want to maintain that body and that body condition score going through that winter situation. And so if that's the case, then we need to intervene with some energy supplement. Uh, primarily be a, a fiber energy supplement in distillers to come in and offset that lower uh, energy value of that hay and help maintain that body condition scores. So with the energy supplement, um, we really need to be feeding it primarily every day of the week to really get that benefit, especially if it's starch-based, corn-based supplement needs to be fed daily. With distillers, we can get by with feeding it every other day and still get a little a benefit. Um, if we're looking at our protein supplement on their hand, we can feed those really infrequent uh, twice a week and still have the same performance as feeding every day. So there's a lot more flexibility in protein supplement strategies versus have to come in and intervene with some energy that we will have to be feeding on more regular basis on a daily basis. If we're thinking about cows on native range, what do we need to be thinking about there in terms of a target for the amount of protein we need to be supplementing to them on a daily basis? Now, when I say on a daily basis, maybe we're not feeding every day, but a targeted amount of protein that they ought to be getting per head per day to meet their protein requirements on some of these winter range. Yeah, so a really a, a rule of thumb because you can go to you know feed store and then there's wide variety of 20, 25%, 30%, 40% group protein supplements. And so the responses can be different and even, you know, using alfalfa hay as a protein supplement. So for mature cows, the rule of thumb is feeding about three-tenths of a pound per day of a protein source. So let's take, if it's a 30% group protein supplement, that's feeding one pound of it per day, will we'll generally meet their requirements for protein uh, and you won't necessarily see a big benefit of feeding more of it during the winter. With younger females, so like your uh, first and second calvers, I, I would say, you know, going up to about uh, five to six tenths of protein over winter really helps because they're still trying to grow. They have a higher protein requirement due to that growth that you're trying to, to achieve before for calving. And so, uh, but altogether, somewhere between three-tenths to six-tenths of a pound per day will, will meet most of the requirements for mature to younger females. Dr. Mullenix, talk a little bit about the source of protein in these supplements and the importance to pay attention to that. I'm thinking here primarily about some protein supplements that include some urea in them. How do we think about those as we think about utilizing that in a range-based situation? 
Yeah, so, so for, from a cow's aspect, we've got uh, a couple different sources of proteins that we think about, rumen degradable protein and rumen undegradable protein. The degradable protein version is the protein that the rumen microbes are going to break down. It's going to alter the amino acid that was fed and, and what the cow's going to get. So it's going to see, uh, it's going to change that amino acid structure that the cow's going to get. The undegradable portion would be what's going to bypass that degradation and we'll, that cow will get as, as it was uh, fed. And so then we have urea. So, so we have um, some of these non-protein nitrogens. The problem with urea is it has a quick spike in, in utilization. And so from a low quality forage situation, we increase that spike in ammonia and we really don't get the benefit of utilizing it as a source long-term to help break down that low quality forages. So we think about some of these forages may stay in the rumen up to 72 hours. If we have a quick, quick spike for these uh, microbes, they're not gonna be able to utilize it correctly to help break down that forage. So it's actually can be a, uh, a wasted protein source for these cows. So a supplement that, that's higher in urea can cause some issues because their lack of being able to utilize it correctly. So we really want to focus on protein sources that from a lot of our data at UNL is higher in rumen undergradable protein will help spare some of those body reserves of protein reserves to the body and also increase forage digestibility and forage intake. So you get an increase in utilization of the forage and supplying the correct amino acids for that cow. And so I would look at, especially for us, distiller's grains is a, is a good option. And then, you know, there's a lot of guys that are using cottonseed meal or even alfalfa hay, where they're a decent op option, but they're going to be higher in that room and degradable protein source. So they don't always, uh, you don't always get the benefit of the correct amino acids going to that cow versus something that's going to be a higher uh, undegradable protein source. But they're still better than feeding a high urea-based supplement. In the article, you also highlight the importance of spending a little time and comparing prices for protein sources if you're going out and looking to purchase some. Share a little bit more with us around some things we need to evaluate as we think about evaluating supplements, whether that would be uh, alfalfa hay or distiller's grains or cottonseed meal. How do we compare those to one another? How do we think about actually price per pound of nutrient into the cow to make sure we're really fairly assessing which might be the best option for us. Yeah, so, so UNL has a really great program uh, that will help give you that estimate of the cost per pound of protein that you'll be feeding. So like we've talked about earlier that we could be feeding alfalfa as a protein source that could be 18% crude protein or a distiller grain-based supplement could be 30, right? So one-to-one, -one, you can't compare them because the, the amount of protein differences. But, but putting them on a true protein basis helps you compare that cost to how much I'm feeding. So let's say it's that three-tenths of a pound per day is how much will it cost me to feed three-tenths of a pound of protein, whether or not it's, it's uh, alfalfa hay or it's distillers or cottonseed meal. And so we really want to look at what's the cheapest form of protein to, to meet, you know, whether or not it's at three-tenths of a pound or six-tenths of a pound of protein per day. So that could be, that could be varied 
by the location of where you're at across the state or, or where you're at in the United States. And so looking at these at a cost per pound of protein is, is the most cost effective way to do that. And the same thing goes with energy. If it's energy based, we need to look at that by energy, how the cost per pound of energy versus cost per ton. Because cost per ton can be very deceiving that you may be buying something that may be cheaper cost per ton, but you've got to feed more of it to meet those requirements of that cow. So, you know, like a 20% group protein to meet the requirement takes more than a 40% group protein supplement. And so I can pay more per ton, um, but I'm feeding less of it to have the same performance. Anything else you'd like to highlight, Dr. Molex, as we point towards wrapping this up? Yeah, as we, we move through the winter, I, you know, assessing and, and looking at body conditions is a very effective strategy that, that a lot of producers need to look at and change how they're supplementing due to that. Uh, we don't want to get behind the ball if we start getting in some really cold, wet weather. Cows start losing body conditions score very rapidly to offset lack of nutrients in their diet. Uh, so really maintaining and assessing body condition score as we go through the winter is critical of preparing those cows for, for calving and getting ready to breed next year. Well, thanks again for joining me today, Dr. Molnix. Thanks, Aaron. Well, for more information on the article that was discussed in today's Beef Watch podcast, I'd encourage you to visit the beef.unl.ed website. At the website, you'll be able to find additional information on this topic.